Welcome to this special Christmas episode from Neozaz.com. I am Matt, and joining me for this special is my fellow Neozazonian. It doesn't. It looks better in print than than saying it, but I'll say it again. Neozazonian Dave. Did you write down Neozazonian? I did. I did. did you like? Is that that's a new thing? Yeah, and I forgot to put the little TM next to it because I'm gonna have to trademark this now too. So can I identify now as a Neozazonian? Neozazonian. Yep. I gotta make okay. a T-shirt of that. I like that. Actually, it's it's the more I'm saying it, the more I like it. I identify Neozazonian. <laughs> Neozazonian. And when next time I fill out a survey and it says, "Are you Caucasian, Hispanic, Asian, or other?" with a space with a something to put under it, I'm gonna put other and put Neozazonian. You should. I'm going to. I'm not Check kidding. That box. <laughs> and then they'll ask you, "Sir, what race are you?" Neozazonian. Neozazonian. Sir, ste- sir, step to the right. <laughs> I need. December 23rd off because we celebrate Festivus. <laughs> and I have a lot of problems with <laughs> you people. <laughs> All Kruger. right. So this particular special and a complete, uh, complete, I don't know if that's the right word, but in a litany of specials this year on News As, we are talking about the 1978 epic LP album, The Six <laughs> Million Dollar Man Christmas Adventures. Is that the f- official title? That is the name, yes. Christmas Adventures. Adventures. So wow. I got a simple question to start off with, which is I'm sure I know the answer. But Dave, yeah, what's your history with this album? <laughs> it sounds like the Grady's. Uh, none. It is Nobody. actually. I just realized that's where I stole this from. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Neo-Zazonian property. That's right. <laughs> no one has any history with this record. Really? I mean, uh, did, have you like I I can't believe it didn't even exists. So my answer is zero. The closest thing I have to history with it is how I got it. That is it. That's the beginning and will be the end shortly within the hour. My history with this album. But I went to, Did I ever tell you this story? No, how did you get okay. it? Okay. Uh me and Scott Garner from the Two True Freaks Network, another great pop culture network if you're if you like podcasts and pop culture check them out him and i went to a toy slash comic book convention here in orlando which actually should have been called the pop funko convention because everyone was selling pop funkos at this thing that's what all you could buy and i passed this guy's table and he had like a bunch he he was actually a, 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 a he had toys he had uh, loose like Star Wars figures. He had some of the old Star Trek figures, like the 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 Mego ones, the 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 bigger ones, the dolls. He actually had toys that we were interested in. So that actually caught me in Scott's eye. So we're looking around. As I'm looking around, I see this album. Have I, I did I share the cover of this album with you? No. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> oh, Hold man. everything. So it's laying there on the table. Yeah. Yeah. He's got. He's got like his. He's got his action figures. He's got his uh, games. He's got his like uh, play sets. He's got his uh, uh, ac- accessories for all those things. And then he's got like a table of miscellaneous stuff. And lo and behold, here is looking up at me this thing I'm about to send you right now on Facebook. Okay. All right. Yep. If if my computer will cooperate with me. My finger is perched and ready. <laughs> Everything I'm clicking is like, this is like, it's it's extremely, it's uh, making me anxious because everything I'm clicking is taking like extra long because I want you to see this. Did you have, I mean, I know you, you know this when you're little, but did you have records like this yeah. when you were little? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had all kinds of. Like, ra- they're like radio drama, but records. Yeah. Um, stories. There were story records, I guess, is what they're. Yeah, you it's could a good call one. them. Like there was, I know there was a Super Friends one. Yep, yep. I had some. I had. Uh, I don't know that I had many of the the long play albums like this, but I had a lot of, and you, I, I bet you did too. Had a lot of the read alongs. Yes. Okay. Well, I used to listen to my grandfather had LPs of collections of all the old radio dramas, like pre television radio dramas. Mm-hmm. So I used to listen to those when I was little. It was the Shadow and the Green Hornet and like those classic radio shows. And when you're your grandparents, there's like nothing to do. <laughs> right. It couldn't, you know, like they didn't have cable. I wasn't even allowed to drink soda. Oh, geez. 
So I'll sit there and I'll listen to these records, and I kind of got into them. They were good. That's cool. That, that's, that's what this reminds me of. We were allowed to have one Twinkie and some ginger ale. That was it at my grandparents' house. That was our treat. Ginger ale. Yeah. There, I sent you the picture. Did it finally come through? Yeah, let me check this out. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is the album that's face up on the table. I go, what is this? And the guy said, I've never seen it before either. I said, this. I saw it at a yard sale. I picked it up for five bucks. I, I go, what are you asking for? He's like, I was asking 10, but no one wants it. He's like, all I want is my money back at this point. So five mm. bucks, you can have it. I'm like, eh, nah, I, I don't, nah, I'll, I'll pass right now. We spend the rest of the day at the, at the convention. We walk around. Um, Scott found a couple comics. I didn't find anything. In, but this was in my head the whole time. I was like, I have never seen this thing before. When on earth am I going to see it again? Do I want to see it again? So I went back. I went up to him. I grabbed it. I said, still take five bucks? He's like, yep. I gave him five bucks, and I walked away with it. And it's mine now. <laughs> Why is he nude in well, one of the pictures on the thing? This picture is a- awesome because it starts off with him with no clothes. Then he's got a Santa jacket on. Then he's got a Santa hat and a and a beard. And I just imagine what if these pictures were reversed and he was standing by your bed? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Taking the beard off, unbuttoning the vest, and then standing there naked. <laughs> part machine, part man. <laughs> so that's my history of this album. Up until listening to this, it, discussing I'm it. I'm sorry. This, a, this uh, the record company, Peter Pan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's up in the corner. I remember they did these records. They did, yeah. They did all kinds of stuff. I mean, they did, well, you said earlier, you said they did this, like Super Friends. Uh, they even did individual characters, Superman. They did a Batman one. They The, the read-alongs, they had all kinds of Things that they had all. I know there was a Hulk one. There was a, even a Plastic Man one of all things. I think that was like post his appearance on Saturday morning cartoons. I don't think it was like the Plastic Man from the comic because he was a little more. I don't want to say adult, but a little more. The, the the his comic stories were weren't the Saturday morning cartoon fair, but I think that book was. But Peter Pan, they they did everything apart from the Star Wars stuff, which. 20th Century Fox did for the story albums, I think. I think it was 20th Century Fox Records. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the Disney read-along. So if it wasn't Disney read-along or another major record label, it was probably a Peter Pan, if any you've had any of these albums as a kid. Hmm. Now, did you watch this show? I was like, going to ask you the same thing. I know I've seen the show, but I don't think I watched it as a regular thing. I think I was too young to want to see it week after week i think when it was on it didn't bother me it's like okay it's cool it's sci-fi there's some there's some fights there's some uh, a guy running really fast and jumping and there and it was enough to hold my attention but i could not describe an episode beginning to end at all to you right i was just wondering why that like you this caught your eye and it may be just because it's it's kooky yeah kooky but, was probably but, it like i'm like wondering was matt a fan of this to begin with that he was like really attracted to this. So it wasn't even that you cared that it was a $6 million man. I, I don't know. I did have the toy. I remember really enjoying the toy. My mother had got me the Steve Austin doll and the rocket ship, which is, I mean, that's been right up my alley since I was born. I've always loved space exploration. I remember playing probably with the rock. I, I remember the rocket ship unfolded to an operating table so you could build the $6 million man. I don't think I ever opened. I probably opened it to learn what it was when I first got it. But after that, I just kept it all together as a spaceship because I enjoyed playing with it more. And I remember having the doll because he had a hole in the back of his head that you could look through. And there's like a crosshair. You're looking through his bionic guy. Yeah, it was a like red, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had right. I had more. Yeah. I have way more memories of the toys than the show. Hmm. Yeah, I remember other kids having that and looking at it and being like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah, I never watched that. It's no creature cantina. No. I mean, everybody kind of knows the theme yes and and that sound effect the sound effect absolutely everyone knows that and the only one i really remember and the only and maybe it's one of the more famous ones is when he meets bigfoot yep that i think that was like and i i again my history on this show i'm no i'm no expert i believe that was like post the series so we were probably a little older mm. and it may have i don't know if it got our interest more but it may have burned in our memory a little bit more Okay, yeah, I have no, I have no history with six million dollars. I love Louis Majors, yeah, <laughs> because I, I think I've talked about this several times. How much I love the Fall Guy, Fall Guy, yeah, 
which was one of my Johns when I was little. That I, I had no business watching that show. Oh, as like a ten year old, why was I? I had a Fall Guy lunchbox. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know what I'm more surprised at that you had a Fall Guy lunchbox or that there was a Fall Guy lunchbox. There was. There's a Fall and Guy was, board game. Oh, you got to play. I know. We're bored. Board. Yep. Yeah, I had the lunchbox and was addicted to that show. So my Lee Majors references are all Fall Guy and Scrooged. Because he's, <laughs> he's, right. he's in the first ten, the night the reindeer died. To bring it back to Christmas, the only <laughs> other one I know of him, and it's I don't, it's not even a pilot. It's barely even a web show. It was a, I think it was a pilot that they ended up saying this is going to be a web show and they never did anything past the pilot and i forget what it's called it was with oh shit um <laughs> let me see if i can look something up quick here you know how happy lee majors is that you're doing this show oh i'm sure he's aesthetic lance crawl do you know who lance crawl is no he's a comedian but he's also a um or was maybe still is at at the same time he was acting he's also a very accomplished taekwondo competitor He's okay. really funny. He used to do a show, and if you haven't seen this, I will find it because you have to see it. He did a show called Free Radio on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. It was a show where he was just some young bonehead that worked in the radio station, and the guy that was kind of the Howard Stern-ish character said one thing too many, and he got thrown off the air, and so they quick threw him on. It's The premise is so loose and weak, but it's hilarious, and it's like it's just this – it's bad. It's like watching – being uncomfortable for a guy in a funny way every half hour, it's it's really good. But he did a show or a pilot or something with a bunch of other actors or stuntmen, including Lee Majors. That was about the stunt business, but more a lot more comedic than The Fall Guy. And Lee Majors was like kind of the sharing star role with him. And it was great. But it's either they didn't get funding, funding, or they didn't do, or they just gave up on it, or what? That's the only other Lee Major thing that I know of that I really like him in. I mean, I, I'm sure I like him in a lot of stuff, but that thing was awesome, and I wish something had happened to it, but it never did. Right. Yeah, his first three credits on IMDb are Six Million Dollar Man, The Fall Guy, and Scrooged. Scrooge, okay. <laughs> He's in it for about. 25 seconds crash and burn is the name of this and they call it a tv movie it's it's i don't even think it's 40 minutes so it's i i haven't looked but i would bet you it's on youtube and it's got lee majors lance crawl a bunch of other people who are probably stuntmen and then Corey feldman and Corey feldman yeah. how can you go wrong with Corey feldman sure so all right on to the album this is believe it or not we're just talking about how we don't have much of a history with the Six Million Dollar Man. This is the third Six Million Dollar Man album that Peter Pan put out. Third? Yeah. They put out the Six Million Dollar Man in 1976. Then they put out the Six Million Dollar Man Volume 2, also at the end of 1976. And then, two years later, followed up with the Six Million Dollar Man Christmas Adventures in 1978. And we're going to be all the better for it. I wonder why they felt that that was the way to go. I don't know. <laughs> like, we've already knocked it out of the park twice with just plain old $6 million, man. Let's throw a holiday in here. <laughs> so, so there's four stories, each less than 10 minutes long, uh, starting with the toy maker and then moving on to the Chris Kringle caper, then Christmas lights, and then the Elves revolt. So we're going to take a listen to them here, right on the show, listen along with us, and then we'll talk about it. So Dave... Are you yeah. ready for the first harrowing $6 million man Christmas adventure? I am so ready because nothing says Christmas like Lee Majors. Like bionics. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. And and the sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, sound like, sound like Jason. <laughs> you did, actually. <laughs> All right. Here we go with the toy maker. <laughs> Sounds like a record. It does. Yeah. <laughs> That's the cleanest I could get it. Christmas is a time of universal joy. All men, no matter what field of endeavor they pursue, feel the spirit of the Yule season. Yule. That is, all men except Fritz Koenig. This guy. I'm sorry, Fritz, but I can no longer use you. We become automated. But, Mr. Dancer, I'm a master craftsman. You have said that I am the best toy maker in the world. I'm going to take a wild guess, Shot in the Dark, and say he's German. 
That's true, Fritz, but you take too You can long. tell because he says V for W. Profit margins to maintain. This is a business, Fritz. But my new invention's a duplicator. You said it would help things along. I'm sorry, Fritz. That's the worst German accent ever. The worst? Okay. You said you were not interested in quality. Well, quality. Give me my machine. It's worthless, I tell you. Then give it back. No. Return my invention, I'll kill you. Wow. I'm getting the sense that there's a chase going on. That that escalated quickly. Give me my machine or I will kill you. Jerry, get in here. <laughs> I have something for you to get rid of. At the headquarters of the Office of Scientific Intelligence, Chief Oscar Goldman is in a meeting with Colonel Steve Austin. Steve, I've got a strange one here. I'm not sure what to make of it. Tell me about it, Oscar. The local police found a badly beaten elderly man in an alleyway early this morning. He was barely alive when they brought him into the hospital. How is he now? It looks like he's going to make it. Since this is a great Christmas tale. Old German man beaten to death in the hospital. This particular character was Dr. Fritz Koenig. I don't recognize the name. Not too many people know of him. He immigrated to the United States before the Second World War. He was a specialist in molecular structure. What was he doing in the alley? We don't know, Steve. Is he out of work? Did he suffer from exposure? It gets rather cold this time of the year. All the indicators That's point the only choices. Out of work? Nothing else, nothing else could possibly happen to an elderly German man in whatever years. state this takes place in. Yes. Officially, he had dropped out of sight. But we felt he was important enough to keep tabs on. What do you want me to do, Oscar? I've got a feeling that Dr. Koenig is back doing his old work in molecular structure. And Koenig? German? From now on, he's going to be covered 24 hours. They're doing everything I mean, but saying he's a Nazi. Yeah, right, yeah. I know. First, I know the first Nazis, Nazis don't say Christmas. I hate Nazis. Be careful, Steve. That's my Lee Later Majors. that evening at the Dancer Manufacturing Company, Colonel Steve Austin quietly slips in through an open vent. My childhood dream come true. Free reign of a toy factory. God. That's sexual. And a Farrah Fawcett poster. Someone's coming. I'd better find a place to hide. There, behind those boxes. <laughs> those are the heaviest foots and ways bionic. Part of the dress uniform of this warehouse is tap shoes. If and only if it performs to specifications. That is the purpose of this test, to prove the capabilities of the molecular duplicator. The power of such a unit is very great indeed. We could revolutionize the tactics of war. Here we are, sir. Is that Peter Stormare? <laughs> yeah. You'll notice that a portable power source has been adapted to Nikolai Volkov. so it can operate on any terrain. Very impressive. Now, watch it's Actually, it's Bela Lugosi. Set the duplicator on five. What? And it sounds like... No, it's not. I mean, it sounded, oh, okay. it sounded more uh, Transylvanian there for a second. See? In a matter of seconds, a perfect duplicate of the original... That's the bionic man's <laughs> dong when he gets excited. Would it work with full-sized weapons? Why, uh, weapons. I don't know. But I must Nuclear vessels. With a great sum of money, I must not be swimming. I need to see an actual tank reproduced. Okay, I forgot his line for a second. <laughs> What is that? Attack dogs! I keep them here to frighten away intruders. I think we have one on the premises right now. <laughs> He's so happy about it. The friendliest attack dog warning ever. Attack dogs! Gotta find a way out of here. There he is! Stop him! Oh. This, this thing is a cacophony <laughs> of noise. <laughs> It's like the guy that edited this just realized he had multiple tracks to work with and really took advantage of it all at once. Steve Austin meets Oscar at the City General Hospital. I can tell they're in a hospital. There's oh, Charlie, Charlie Brown in the background. I'll tell you when we see Koenig. I think there are a few things he can explain. I tell you this much, Oscar. He hasn't been idle in the last couple of years. Something big tops Oscar. And a man by the name of Vasilich seems very interested in paying whatever it takes to own it. Alexei Vasilich? I have never seen him before. Tall, heavy set, wears flashy clothing. That's him. Who is he? He's, He's a, a weapons pimp. broker. <laughs> the most powerful underground espionage agent in the Western Hemisphere. I've been trying to get my hands on him for years. You may get your chance. I hope so. Let's see what Dr. Koenig has to say. I'm sure it'll be German. <laughs> In a heavy Dr. accent. Koenig, this is Colonel Austin. There's something he would like to discuss with you. It has to do with a molecular duplicator. <laughs> How did you know about that? I saw it work last night. A man named Dancer. That's it. It sounds like Will Ferrell's George W. Bush. He must try to cheat me. What is this all about? 
I retired from physics. Klaus is the only is that whatever his name is. He's the only one that's like acting. Actually, he sounds like he should be in a hospital bed. Or Fritz. What's his name? I forget. I think it's Fritz. Fritz Klaus. He said I was good, but I couldn't turn out the to show a profit. So I invented the duplicator to reproduce my toys in quantity. I thought for the Christmas season upon us, he would be happy with the idea. Oh, oh Christmas is involved in this. <laughs> I see. Oh, that's right. It's a Christmas story. What's his next move? Vasilich didn't want to buy the machine on the basis of the demonstration with a miniature this guy's tank. name Vagisil? Somehow Dancer is going to have to get his hands on the real thing and prove that the duplicator can work on a major scale. <laughs> that major. Fool, that is impossible. It can only work with toys. I designed it for small objects. Can you be sure that it like will not work Like bullets and guns and knives and other weapons? Well, <laughs> no, I can't guarantee anything. Steve, I think we'd better get moving. <laughs> oh, that's the get moving music <laughs> if it ever was. I'm going to steal that music. Let's go on to the next quickness special. Tank. I've been thinking about that, Oscar. The logical thing for him to do is to bring Vasilich to the tank. But he can't Vazilich. get into a that must be the Russian guy. It ends in itch. Oh, itch, yes. I don't even think they have a sentry on duty. Let's get over there. I'll call for reinforcements. I don't think that's a good idea, Oscar. We can't afford to scare them off. Bionic Man is such a naysayer. He's the he's the Captain Panaka of the six million dollar mill galaxy. When's Lindsay Wagner show up? That evening at the National Guard Armory. I'm sorry to inconvenience you this way, Mr. Vasilich, but it was more practical to bring you here. I don't mind. It gives me a chance to look over your new armored weapons. Well, then, I believe we are ready for the demonstration. Do you have the money? Four million dollars. Will that be sufficient? I don't know. This is a very expensive machine. Other powers <laughs> might pay more fantastic sums. But at the present, I am the only one with the cash, Mr. Do you think they had them read their lines as fast yes. as possible? Yes, it was, They brought in... They thought it was a reading audition, but it ended up they were recording it at the time. woman must be nearby. <laughs> you have produced another tank. Uh, you see, uh, I, I told you it'd be worth the money. Uh, now, if you're satisfied, I sound convincing. I'll take the machine and the money. Who's there? Jerry, get that Ooh. guy. That's a terrible biotic sound. Dancer, you will die for setting up this trap. No, I swear, I didn't know. It's all over, Vasilich. We got a nice, cozy cell waiting for you. Oh my God! <laughs> Noise. Steve, what happened? Vasilich shot Dancer and his accomplice Jerry. He thought it was a Dancer. Trap. Is this more Christmas? That? That's what I, I have that in my notes. That actually, that's funny. Up in his face. You mean Dr. Koenig was right, Oscar? The machine doesn't work on large objects. The tank was reproduced, but the molecules couldn't stay together. It exploded into dust. That pile of rubble is all that is left of a tank? Well, Dr. Koenig, at least, will have his machine back. I was hoping we were onto something that really worked. Better luck next Christmas, Oscar. Maybe you should buy one of Koenig's toys. (laughs) (laughs) That ended with a freeze frame that we heard. And over top of it, it said, directed by Anson Williams. <laughs> Gary K. Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Talk about starting off strong, right, Dave? Yeah, well, I mean, I who was who this aimed at? Uh, it had to be kids. I mean, it had to be kids. You think kids listen to this and were like, It was a Peter Pan record. This? These are kids' records. This, so I, I guarantee, was found in the... However, they classify the. There has to be like a children's, like in a li- not a library, like a bookstore. There's kids' books. There has to have been kids' records and maybe even in the toy section. I don't know how that stuff. I forget, and it's been so long since I had to buy a physical anything with music or sound. But it had to be in the kids' section with Peter Pan. It had to be. I sound like right. one of our co-hosts now. It was a pretty complex story. <laughs> Sorta. I mean. Russians, Germans, Bush. <laughs> right. Strategery. It just sounded exactly like it. So that was that was god awful. If it only uh, why did this guy why was he gonna give it up for like what was it four million or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that? Why was he gonna give it up for that when it can duplicate anything? Like why did he even give it up? Why not like duplicate like Fabergé eggs or like just gold bars, you know, yeah. put all your money into getting an actual gold bar and duplicate the shit out of that. Why, 
why was he trying to sell it off to a weapons broker? It's just like the uh, Doctor Evil bad plans. Like, yeah, right. Bad guys just asked for dumb things back then. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think. They didn't look at the big picture. The long. They didn't think long term. Yeah, it was four million dollars. That's a lot. Which in nineteen sixty eight or whenever this it's was, probably like was it? seventeen billion dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was like big time. Yeah, that was that was rancid. <laughs> rancid. That's yeah. a great. Wow, that's pretty specific. Like, I don't know if I'm just saying that as an as an older guy listening to an old record. Like when I was a little kid, I would have thought that was a rancid. Yeah, that was that was a stinker. I would I would have walked out like within three minutes if if even I could hang around that long. That's brutal. So four million dollars in nineteen seventy eight is fifteen million seven hundred eighty six thousand dollars in two thousand seventeen. What did you do to the conversion? Yeah, well, I, I a, a website did. I'm not that smart at math. Hmm. Maths. I could never be bionic because I couldn't figure out the wattage and amps that I had to put in my arms and stuff. No, but if we carved a hole in the back of your head, we could <laughs> see stare through at your it. You, eye could, you probably could. If you drilled a hole in the back of my head all the way to the front, you could probably see through it. For the shot. <laughs> After making you listen to this. After this. Sure is. Yeah. Don't, don't sleep with one eye open the next time I'm in Florida. Maybe so, they, can hook, they can hook me up at Korean karaoke. Oh, God. So apart from this being a device made to replicate Christmas toys, this was not a Christmas story. No. This is about as a Christmas story as our last few Swick Christmas, Christmas specials. Exactly. At the end, he said, it, it took place at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Because he it. said, next Christmas you can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 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 this wasn't Christmas. <laughs> no! I want to hear the night the reindeer died. <laughs> oh, jeez, ouch. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's the thing from Scrooged. Oh, oh, okay, okay. This is one Santa that's going out the front door. <laughs> uh, well, you'll be happy to know that was our longest one. Oh, the other ones are shorter than this. Not much, but they're shorter. All right. Are you ready for the Lay Kris Kringle caper? Lay it on me. You, no, but i listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Here's the Kris Kringle caper. Christmas me music. With only seven shopping days left until Christmas, Colonel Steve Austin suddenly remembers he has not bought any gifts for his friends and relatives. He decides oh. to go to Geffner's, the large department store downtown. Geffner's. Geffner's? Geffner's, I think. I, I don't know, but Geffner's is funnier. Can I help you, sir? Yes, I'm looking for something in perfumes. In particular <laughs> uh, I thought you might be able to suggest something. Well, All right, so I like this one better already. He should have looked for something in underwear so it could be like a, Chris, a uh, Christmas vacation parody. Yeah. Or pre-vink, pre or a pre That's where the store Santa Claus holds court. Probably some kid didn't get what he wanted and he's registering a complaint. Sounds more serious than Hey, stop that man! He stole my Christmas present! Hey, you! Stop! Tap shoes again. This is a crowded store. Someone could get hurt. Sorry, pal. I'm in a hurry. I understand. Why does it sound like the criminal's wearing high heels? Hey, I don't know. Mister, and Brad Garrett is making a list of Go away. Give it to me. Come on, kid. Go away. What seems to be the problem? He stole my Christmas present. The one that Santa Claus gave me. Look, pal. She's this woman sounds like she's 27 years old. Now she's going to ruin the whole Because she's, cause she's 37. Oh, okay. Give me my present. I think you better give it Nancy to her. Nancy Cartwright. Get out of my way. Put that gun away. Someone could get hurt. Not if you leave me alone. Now stand aside. I'm walking out of here. Oh, you're not. Uh, that's a horrible sound. That noise is awful. It's not right. Later, at the Office Commercial. of Scientific Intelligence, Colonel Steve Austin is in a security conference with his boss, Oscar Goldman. Good thing you called me in on this, Steve. Oscar Goldman was the name of a chicken on Trailer Park Boys. It broke open. <laughs> I could see the thing inside was no ordinary Christmas present. That's, that's all I think about. Line, can, can you, Oscar? Steve, <laughs> you seem to have a talent for finding trouble. But in this case, you may have stumbled on a major espionage ring. An espionage ring? Steve, the man you fought with in the department store is Harrison Fredericks.
For a long while, he's been known to be a free agent in the espionage market, selling his services German? to the highest bidder. <laughs> but what is even more How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice, Oscar? Keep a can hey, Mr. Falcon. The SYR-9. The SYR-9? I thought that was out of California. Sorry. Sorry, 9. The SRY-8. And I have an idea how we can break this ring. I'm all ears. I'm going to need you for this. I don't mean to put you in an awkward position, but I don't have any other way to go about it. Break it to me gently, Oscar. Steve. Oh my God. Was arrested, we it's getting romantic. Yeah, right? At the department store was being used as a go-between for moving the stolen parts. Did you bring him in? About 20 minutes ago. He's clean, Steve. He doesn't know a thing. He probably wasn't involved at all. Just gave out the gifts to kids in line. Which means a dead end. Not necessarily. If he were to take a few days off and be replaced by another Santa who could keep a trained eye on things, we may get lucky. Who did you have in mind? Why, you, of course. <laughs> Mr. Marish? Yes, who are you? I'm Steve Austin, the new Santa Claus for the toy department. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No belly, no beard. You need a total makeup, Joe. But I can fall off a five-story building, land on my back, and walk away from it. And the kids keep bouncing off your lap. This is like if Lee Majors was doing a Groucho Marx impression. Thanks. Or uh, maybe J James Cagney. James Cagney. This is Matt. Old songs. No, no, a new Santa Claus. The other guy got sick of something. No, I just think that it's strange that this new guy shows up after that guy, Fredericks, gets arrested. This guy, that, that guy. This guy. He's an undercover agent. He doesn't look like a professional Santa Claus. Yeah, well, if there are any problems, what should I do? Are you sure? I've never done that before. Uh, yes, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> I think I need some more. High heel tap shoes. Well, let's fix that beard first. Here we go. Hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now just go out there and hand out the gifts. Make sure you take Shut them up. on the left. On the left? Yeah. And don't get it confused or you may be out of a job. Property poopity. <laughs> hey, don't I know you? Of course, everyone knows me. I'm Santa Claus. It's the same girl. Yep. The same woman. Then who am I? I think you're the man who was here the other day. The one who tried to get my present back for me. I'm Santa Claus. I told you there's no such person. Then what are you doing? Listen, you nosy little bitch. I'm Santa Claus. You got one the other day. No, I didn't. The police took it. I want another one. Okay, here you go. Okay. No, I want it from that pot. Those are for later. I can't give you those now. Uh, Santa, that's quite all right. Give the little girl a gift from the pile she wants. I thought you said just do as I say. <laughs> this guy is so bad at giving directions. Ugh. Hello? Oscar, it's your favorite Santa Claus. Steve, how are things going? I think I'm onto something, Oscar. Do you remember that little girl who accused Fredericks of stealing her present yesterday? Yes, her name was Sandy. That's right. She came by again today Sandy? for another gift. The boss of the department, Maris, insisted that I give her a box from a different pile of gifts. What do you make of it, yes. Steve? Could the child be involved? I'd hate to think so. Oh my god. At this point, I think we They're going to kill this kid, aren't they? Get back to me as soon as you need Why don't you only hope? That would lighten this up a little, lighten it up. This would liven it up. Don't turn around, Mr. Austin. If you make one move, it'll be your last. I don't understand. Sounds like the beginning of American Horror Story. I like a joke as much as the next man. This is no joke, Mr. Austin. I suspected from the very beginning you might be an undercover agent. Is this guy doing like a mobster He doesn't know what he wants to be. This is a guy who's very confused about his lot in life. No questions, Mr. Austin. Therefore, no answers. Which means you Therefore, don't know who the hell no is. I didn't think you had the brain power for the job. Enough with this. I don't have to listen to anymore. I'll bet you get from every side. But tell me, where does the girl Sandy fit into this? She knows nothing. She just serves as a messenger. That's a great job for a kid of her age. Quiet. 27. You've spoken your last word. <laughs> I have no alternative. I must kill you. Don't be a fool, Maris. <laughs> it goes right to that. I must kill you. Goodbye, Mr. Austin. Oh. Jeez. It sounds like the Yahtzee dice being shaken in the thing. Steve, are you all right? Just fine, Oscar. Our man here is in the top of the line. Don't worry about that. I had a hunch you might need help, and I had one of our men on the scene. He followed the little girl out of the store, and she led us right to Mr. Big. And we grabbed him. Just Mr. As he Big. Another one of the missing fuel Sex in the city. Wrapped up in a Christmas package. And I guess that ties it all up. Looks that way. Wait a minute. There's one more thing. What's that, Steve? I owe a little girl a Christmas present.
my God. The Kris Kringle caper. That had way more to do with Christmas, though. <laughs> it does, though. It did. It had you Santa, to... for one. Yes, and gifts. And gifts, and a 27-year-old little girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the better of the two. Gets a little so creepy far. when it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's creepy enough when he has her sit on her lap, sit on his lap when she's a little girl, then it just kind of gets weird when it's, you think of her as a 27-year-old girl. I don't know. It's just weird. And what's his deal? He's he's uh, like RoboCop, right? <laughs> See, guys, yeah, he like has Robo- at least is- bionic legs, and I think one bionic arm and a bionic eye. I think. So it's just eye, arm, and two legs, and everything else is he's all man. I think. Wow. Well, I mean, I think I'm generalizing. That's what I kind. I remember. I do remember the beginning. I guess I've seen the beginning, the the credits enough that I I remember. The animation of like they had his body and you'd see like a computer animation of them, the circuitry that would be his legs and one of his arms. Now, I mean, there's probably more to it. I think actually, I know, I think, now I think about it, I think it's like, like bionic hearing, but I, I'm, I do remember that animation and that might not have anything to do exactly with what he's got. Maybe he's all bionic except for his, I don't know, large intestine. I don't know. That would be a strange choice. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> this man is the colon of a man, but the <laughs> body of a robot. You like that one better than this one? Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, toy maker. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was looking. Toy maker. I was looking at my noise, that, notes on the toy maker. So, yeah. That, I mean, that was that, better, but the uh, the uh, yeah, it's just I I don't see. I don't know. Maybe. Kids that actually watched the show in the 70s, that's a different crowd, a different audience than us. So maybe I'm just not the right audience. They must have had an audience because they wouldn't make toys for something. Yeah. That they, they weren't like, I mean, like that's a famous toy, right? It is. That's, um, that sure. stupid doll. I bet you it's, yeah, that was like um, the Oscar Goldman one was featured in uh no nah, for lack of a better term featured in 40 year old version i mean yeah it, it was you know mentioned to be worth something that was a that was a not even a plot point it was just mentioned so like i'm assuming that was the toys are worth something i'm actually looking it up now i'm not gonna yeah, buy because one because they they made less of him because kids didn't want to play with his boss <laughs> well so. <laughs> so right off right off the bat the uh bigfoot bionic bigfoot 50 bucks all right I mean, that's what they're asking for. I don't know what they're getting. Ooh, the spaceship's 30 bucks. I might buy this because I'm pretty sure my mother threw mine out by now. For another five hours, you could probably have it hand-delivered by Lee Majors. By Lee Majors? And would he have like a little, uh, uh, like a Bluetooth speaker on his on his belt that would make that noise every time he put his hand out to hand me the, yeah. the, the bionic every noise? Time, yeah. Every time there's an order, it goes. They're not all that expensive. Like the box stuff, obviously is, but the loose figures aren't. I've seen now the the Lee Majors one for like thirty, forty dollars. Again, that's what they're asking for. Who knows what they're actually getting? But the box ones, they're ridiculous, and they have bids on them, and they're in the hundreds of dollars. So yeah, I mean they were they were they're popular to some, to a lot of people. Probably it was a, it has a fandom. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and Everything they're still doing does. comic book. Kevin Smith actually. Did a comic line, uh, not all that many years ago. Of this, yes, yep. Oh my god! It was a uh, Bionic Man. Some assembly required. And I'm not all making right. that up. That's what it was called. All right. Well, it's got. It has, I'm sure it has a fan base. Everything does. All right. And that leads us into the Christmas lights. Somehow, I don't know how. I couldn't transition out of that. It's called the Christmas lights. It's called Christmas lights. Not even the. It's like Foo Fighters, not the Foo Fighters. Right. Foo Fighters. And Cher. The Cher. Yeah, no last name. Just Christmas <laughs> lights. Okay. All right, here we go. Disco. I'm all, this is already better than the last two. What, just because of the disco? Yep, absolutely. At the headquarters of the Air Defense Command, the watch guard of the United States Security Against Enemy Attack, a strange radio message has been intercepted. Unable to decipher the highly sophisticated code, experts have forwarded the message to the Office of Scientific Intelligence. That means it's complicated, that noise. That noise? Yep. 
More high heels. Yes, everyone wore high heels in the 70s. No problem, Oscar. They're probably platform shoes with their bell bottoms. Yeah, it makes Springs picked up an unusual radio message the other day on a restricted frequency. No identification codes? That's part of the problem. All messages received over the defense network are preceded by an identification code. And they are followed by a second ident code before signing off. And this communication has no code on either side. They can't even decode the message. What are we going to do? It defies analysis, Steve. As a matter of fact, nothing on record as language or numeric code is anything like it. No Christmas. Landis. Ethel Landis? She's the top expert in the field of coded communication. Of course, Ethel Landis. <laughs> I know, Steve, Coded communication. Later called encryption. <laughs> Dr. Landis is here, Mr. Goldman. Thank you. Please send her right in. She's I was a little Steve. dismissive of the uh, receptionist <laughs> that say Mr. Goldman. Uh, here. Hello, Oscar. It's been a long time. It's the girl from the Santa Steve story. Austin. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Weren't you just really a seven-year-old girl? Oscar? Yes, well, have you gone over the information I sent you? Yes. And have you reached any conclusions? Yes, I have, but... Well, don't keep us in suspense, Dr. Landis. Please, Steve, call me Ethel. Oscar, this may seem far-fetched, but my observations are based on carefully computed data. Well? Do you know what a supernova is? Exploding star. That's correct, Steve. In this case, we are talking about the sun of a solar system similar to ours. Wow, that's see, a lot of S's. It's really very simple. Approximately 2,000 <laughs> years ago, a large star appeared in the sky over the Middle East. Many scientists believe it was a supernova. What does this have to do with the radio messages? You won't believe <laughs> That was dismissive, too. What does this have to do with... <laughs> Messages are the final words to come from that solar system before their sun exploded. If that's true, millions of people believe that was the guiding light to Bethlehem. It was. Oh, this is getting religious. Some millions of people were actually following, a, following an exploding star, and their religion is meaningless. That's not that Christmas star. It's the light on the sewer tower. It took my note. Looks like I've been elected. Two days later at Cape Canaveral, Colonel Austin and Dr. Landis are in the forward stage of a Titan rocket awaiting takeoff. I didn't realize you were going to join me, Doctor. Someone who was familiar with intergalactic communications had to go. There's too many things happening. I know. It's like I'm trying to listen to the guy in the background. He sounds way more interesting. All systems show green for go. Fuel gate mode is armed. You know, all that stuff that they're yelling over the countdown would have happened before the countdown started. I just want to put that on record. Little NASA background. Yes, yes. That was There's wrong. too many noises. Listening to this is hurting my teeth. <laughs> Houston, this is Voyager 1. We are 20 minutes into flight. We are climbing to predestined orbit for a seat of communication. We're 20 minutes into flight and I'm bored. <laughs> If they're 20 minutes in the flight and just calling Houston now, they're like really late because the second it disconnects from the launch pad, Houston takes over. Again, wrong. Turn on the recorders. Steve, we show a trouble light down here. My panel is clear, Oscar. Everything seems fine. Check your guidance system. Left end gyros. Still negative, Oscar. We show trouble indicators. Gyros. They serve lamb in space. Voyager 1, come in. Please, Steve, come in. The low tzatziki sauce alert is playing. Houston, we have a problem. We're out of tzatziki. Voyager one, this is Houston. Do you read? I repeat, Voyager one, this is Houston. Do you copy? Steve, Doctor Landis, please answer. They're breaking protocols. I told you, call me Ethel. I won't respond to Doctor Landis. Do you read? Oscar, come in, please. Come in. I'll only respond to Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. It's no use, Steve. The radio's dead. What happens now? We drift. For how long? <laughs> that was great. To be done. Tokyo drift? No. I'm afraid we're helpless. Oh. What happens if I drop this quarter? It falls. I thought the radio was dead. It is. I don't know what we're receiving. It's coming directly through. It must be the alien message. Then you must be it's right. Jesus. <laughs> Let's see if the recording equipment is still working. It still works. <laughs> that sounds like your Buffalo Bill impression. <laughs> At least we got Buffalo Bill radio. Now, if we can only get home. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I have the entire message recorded, Steve. I thought that was the I end. I that sounds like so. end music. 
Ethel, do you think the giant close? Only 14 more minutes. Overload when we were struck. What? No, I'm kidding. Which means that a boost of high voltage energy into the power system should start the emergency power. Right. That sounds like a great idea. Floating in space. Power source linked to the ship system might give us enough power to ignite the guidance relays and resume radio contact. Then they could bring us down from the ground. But what will that do to you, Colonel? That's a chance I'll have to take. He's a robot. Who cares? It reminds me of when Kramer had to short out the outlet on Lane's neighbor's outlet Steve, or uh, you apartment. Right? Steve, you do it. I don't want to do it. It's no picnic. This is Voyager One. Colonel Austin is seriously injured. Please bring us home. Well, it must not be his arm, his legs, and his eye. With radio communication reestablished, ground control brings the Voyager One safely back to Earth. Steve Austin is sent to the special OSI facility for vital treatment on his bionic system. Oh, maybe it was. There's a hospital There's again. Hospital. Same one. Same recording. The white zone is for It's good to be back. That was a smart idea. Plugging yourself into the ship's electrical system was a miracle. How, how did he plug himself in? R2-D2. He's the first the Prius. <laughs> what did you find, Ethel? It's very exciting. I've decoded the message. What does it say? First, let me say that I think it is from a solar system. Make sure you drink your Ovaltine. It might have been a warning sent out by the inhabitants of the system when they realized their sun was going to explode. You mean the supernova? That's right, Oscar. What was the message? As close as I can interpret, it says, prepare for a new day. That's all? Yes, but what is really ironic is that the message is just reaching us now. What do you mean? My original theory was right. The supernova occurred exactly 2,011 years ago, on the first Christmas Eve. Who is talking about miracles? <laughs> At the end of a um, 1940s movie. Yeah, right? Take it away, Wait. BJ, or whatever the hell is said on that stupid ride. What the, what the hell happened at the end? 2011. The, <laughs> wait a second. It was 1978. Right, yeah. So did they go into the future to 2011? Um, yes. And then it went back to 2011 years later and the birth of Christ? Yes. All of this is true. You don't even know. I don't know. <sighs> That was a nightmare. <laughs> I actually like this one of the three the best so far because it might not be, been have been written well, but it is a take on the Christmas star story I've never heard, it being a supernova nova from another solar system. That's kind of clever. Is that what they were saying? Yes. I should have listened. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Now, oh, my God, the rest of it, and you're right with the noise, just the endless amounts of noise. Wow, Jared, you, are you um, familiar with the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode where they go on family fight? Yes, yeah. And Dennis can't do the show because every time the buzzer yeah, goes, he yeah. becomes incapacitated. <laughs> yep. That's what this noise is for me. This is like Dennis on Family Fight. And he's like, "Oh, you're gonna play that goddamn noise every time, aren't you?" <laughs> you know, I kind of remember someone asking me these questions before. <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> Dragons meal for kings, not for common men. <laughs> oh my god. All right, we got one more. And this is, I mean, I have heard all these. This is the first time you're hearing these, but this is a doozy. Are you ready for Elves Revolt? Elves? Elves Revolt. So now this is already hearkening to Scrooge because there's elves at the beginning. Oh, okay then. Then I just want to know if he's ever going to jump from a tall building or Tarzan <laughs> from a vine. Is he the kind to kiss and tell? Has he been seen with Farah? <laughs> it's kind of true that he hires his body out for pay. Hey, hey. <laughs> Would he never settle for anything less than a nine so fine? <laughs> See, that's what they needed to do with a bionic man. They needed Lee Majors to sing the theme song. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, then I'm I would have been on the board. I have real lays because mine are made of metal. Because <laughs> my dong's made of metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elves Revolt. Let's get this thing over with. Uh, but this, I think, 
<laughs> I don't know if you're going to like it. I think you're going to laugh somewhere on it. Let's find All out. Right. This, uh, if I'm ranking them, it's uh, number two was the best. Oh, really? Okay. Then this one, and the first one was... That first one was. That just, first one doesn't even. It's barely a Christmas story. I yeah, made so Christmas story. That was that's my. I don't know. It's my old German man impression I did right there. I don't know what that was. I make the Christmas toys, and then that's it. That's the last we heard of it until the end. I should get you a toy for Christmas, Oscar. <laughs> that was the extent of the Christmas story in the first one. No, right. I want to hear the elves. Elves revolt. Here we go. the most desolate, forbidding landscape on the face of the earth. But that has not stopped men from wanting control over that vast flow of snow and ice. But only vast one man flow. has succeeded in setting up a comfortable home and a thriving business. <laughs> Come on, fellows. Let's get back to work. Not until we discuss a change in the working conditions. The elves are going to unionize. We demand a higher salary and better hours. We Look at this. They're teamsters. We only have six days left until delivery Christmas Eve. That old routine won't work anymore, Santa Claus. We have to earn a decent living. No that's the same guy no that's work. doing the Steve Austin work. It is. Santa is Oscar Goldman. No, Santa, you won't do that either. <laughs> it is. I think you're right. It's the same guy. You're right. Holy shit. I will. Santa just gets shot? Stop this yeah, I guess not. Okay. You're destroying my toys. Who is this madman? I am Relic, and I am here to make sure no one crosses the picket line. No. Oh, oh <laughs> my God, they are In unionizing and striking. Of OSI, Office of Scientific Intelligence, Steve Austin is conferring with Oscar Goldman. Oscar, what is so important that I have to interrupt my Christmas vacation? I'm sorry, Steve, but we have a very serious situation. It's that parade. time. And of course, <laughs> only I can time have. You should be flattered, Steve. You're my best agent. I would trade that honor for some time off during the Christmas holidays. Steve, I received a call from the National Weather Service early this morning. I didn't know they were part of the defense intelligence system. They most certainly are. We need them for satellite reports. Weather Oscar is such a know-it-all. <laughs> no, What's the problem? Uh. The polar ice cap at the North Pole. Don't keep me in suspense, Oscar. It's melting, Steve. You can't be serious. The North Pole melting? According to my calculations, the temperature under the ice is rising at the rate of one degree. This is topical. It is, actually. If the rate of thaw continues at its present speed, the entire northern hemisphere could be under two feet of water by Christmas Day. That's only five days from now. Steve, you must get up to the polar region immediately. You can function without... <laughs> I love how they always the make a concerted effort of each of them to say the other this. person's name <laughs> so they know who's talking. Yes, Oscar, me, Steve, we'll go to the South Pole. <laughs> from our satellite sensors. I suggest we try those areas first. What do you mean, we, Oscar? I'm going Oscar. with you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wink. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm going with you. Shrinking north to the polar ice cap. Oscar, do you have any idea who might Every want time. to the ice cap? No, I don't. Steve? I checked for the defense department before we left. There are no reports of enemy action in this sector. What do the computers show? Oscar? Drew a blank there, too. Steve? <laughs> red light. We're almost at the jump site. Jump site? Steve. It's the red light from MSD3K. You know <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we have movie shine. It's too late to argue about it now. There's Bang. the green light. <laughs> Whoa. Well, he is bionic. He probably shouldn't get him wet. After landing on the cold Arctic surface, Steve and Oscar unload the gear they need to find the heat source. Let me handle the heavy stuff, Oscar. Thermometer. You never cease to amaze me, Steve. Ooh. See? Thanks, Oscar. By your great Steve and Oscar. No, do not move. You are coming. Who are you? That is none of your business. If you <laughs> point that machine gun at me, I would say it's my business. Oscar, I think we can rush this guy. Careful, Steve. He may be trigger happy. No talking! You are to only answer my questions. <laughs> Oscar and Steve. But don't answer them with talking. Answer them in pantomime. Enough of this nonsense. You are spies. Scientists do not Wikipedia. Nonsense. What is your mission here? We came to see Santa Claus. He's right behind you. Where? Now, Oscar. He really fell for that? 
After landing on the Arctic terrain, Steve and Oscar were accosted by the enemy agent Ramat at gunpoint, captured and locked up in an old warehouse. Is the wound serious, Oscar? I don't think so, Steve. <laughs> Looks like a scratch. Where are we? It's a warehouse of some sort. Why is there a warehouse at the North Pole? Why, they're loaded with toys. Oscar, you don't think... Hey, who's that? Well, I'll be. No, he doesn't really exist. Who doesn't exist? A fat man with a white beard? Who are you? What is the world coming to? Is TV destroying everything? I repeat, I am a fat old man. I Jeez. have a white beard and a warehouse full of toys. He's got body this issues. Is the North Pole. Oscar, there is a Santa Claus. Yes, Steve. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'll believe anything in Washington, Mr. Goldman. They'll believe Mr. what Austin I tell them to believe. <laughs> How do you know who we are? From up here, I can see everything. Could we strike a deal in some bionic man dolls? Oh, no, oh my really God, this is great. Maybe later, but first tell us what's going on here. It started out as a labor problem. Oscar, you can my keep your doll. <laughs> no one wants those. Sure, I can't afford full-sized people. They eat too much. Wow. Curio, my former that, That's some kind of racism, but I don't know what to call it. It's sizeism. It's sizeism. Drama to be his enforcer, and they locked me up in here. But why is he trying to melt the ice cap? To put the heat on. Oh, he he's Glenn Fry. By Christmas, I won't be able to deliver any of these toys. Not to mention what it could do to the entire world. We'd better hurry. There are only two days left until Christmas. There's so it took him four days to. to get to the North Pole by plane? Yeah. Steve and Oscar have to figure out a plan to return Santa to control of his toy manufacturing colony. First, they must disarm the terrorist, Ramat. Getting Ramat's gun shouldn't be too difficult. But we have to help Santa get his elves back to work. I don't know how to do it. You might get into some of their demands. <laughs> I'm just a big, fat, dumb old man. Yes, but this last act was unforgivable. I'll agree they went overboard, but give them a chance. In 48 hours, my group will control the world. See? Major cities will be underwater and you will all be dead. Pretty sure of yourself. I have planned this operation very carefully. Those stupid elves provided the perfect cover. They too will soon be prisoners. Oh no, we won't. Don't move. <laughs> I can't listen to that guy now. <laughs> Where did you come from? I suspected you all along, traitor. I'm sorry, Santa. I should have trusted your judgment. Drop There's your only one elf. Gun. Yeah. I have an L5 laser pistol in my hand. You won't take me! Is he stepping on bubble wrap? <laughs> It's all over, Emmett. You're coming back to the United States to face trial. First, he's going to tell us where the heat generators are located. <laughs> They're going to extradite him from, North Pole, elf from the North Pole. It's all yours. As I was saying, Ramat, before the little skirmish which just took place, this is an L5 automatic laser pistol. It will cut you in half in a matter of seconds. This Whoa. is your last chance to talk. You're an angry <laughs> elf. <laughs> Later, after all the heat generators have been cleared and Oscar has seen that the temperature is falling back to normal, he and Steve prepare to leave with their prisoner. I don't know how to thank you, gentlemen. Well, I hate to ask for anything, but I'm sure my office would like to analyze that automatic laser pistol. Of course. And we will give one to Colonel Austin so he will have something to play with. You mean it's a toy? One of my best. He oh, tricked, okay. he tricked Voltron, or whatever that guy's name was. Don't start talking to me. I'm about not. Voltron. I just his name sounded like Voltron. Skymac. Skymac. That's the old revolt. Come on, that one was good. <laughs> it was good. That was, that's a classic. I listen to that every year at Christmas. That one tackled the hard hitting issues like <laughs> global climate, warming, climate change, uh, unemployment, <laughs> unionization, uh, yeah, and sizeism. As a how dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> that was great. I was saying self-deprecation. Yeah, you owe someone an apology. I'm not sure. I'm so sorry, Peter Pan. <laughs> and they owe every one of us an apology. Anyone that's still listening to this. I'm sorry. 1978, you know, I was five years old. Can't believe I didn't get this. <laughs> I know. 
You you want I I'm not gonna need the one I have anymore. You want my I can send it to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't only imagine what my life would be like had I had this as a five year old. Eh, it'd probably be worse. Yeah, it, yeah. I can't imagine it would enhance it at all. I'd probably be mainlining heroin right now. <laughs> and then uh oh, I lost my train of thought there. Go figure. Me it's on because you just listen to this. You you are now dumber than you I, were. I am blown away the fact that the elf and Steve Austin are the same actor. I can't believe I didn't pick that up the first time listening to this. And I just that's that's changed my entire outlook on this entire album. That guy's multi talented. He is. Is there a cast he sure is. on the Dave? <laughs> is that somebody different or you? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that was me. That was me taking a page out of whatever that actor's name was. <laughs> Lee Minor. Is there a cast list on the album? No, I wish there was. Let me get the... I'll, um, I'll just grab the back to you. Does it even... Does it? Ha- you know how when you pull out the record and there's that nope. kind of like the white underwear that the record... This, this doesn't even like have that. that. I don't. I, it probably okay. did, but it didn't by the time I got my hands on it. Because they would always like say, like, buy these other albums. I bet there's some real doozies on there. That's like... It's like the record's underwear is what it is. It is. It kind of is, yeah. But this... this By the time I got it, it doesn't have it. The, um, the top of it, it has a little picture, like a comic book panel of each one. And, and the top left-hand corner is... Is a three-shot motion image like of, of Steve Austin in motion as he's racing towards and swinging at the bad guy, and it says the Chris Kringle caper. So that must be the guy that talks like a gangster, eh? That one, that guy. Yeah, or next, Canadian. Right under that, yeah, <laughs> right under that is is um, Steve Austin in a parka holding mm. up Oscar Goldman, who's holding his arm, probably where he got the scratch, and. Two elves looking up at them like with a WTF look on their face and Santa laughing, going, probably going, I'm just a fat old man. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> and, and Skeletor, whatever the bad guy's name was, lurking in the shadows with a gun. It does sound like Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> the uh, next one is uh, Toy Maker has Steve Austin jumping over a barbed wire topped chain link fence with the attack dogs chasing after him and a guy uh, 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 I think this is a German guy in a lab coat chasing after him for some reason I don't know why I'd like to bring him back and then finally the bottom panel for Christmas lights has a a rocket of a design I've never seen in NASA Boeing Yole or SpaceX going off into space and a picture of Steve Austin looking like slightly to his left he kind of looks like a comic version of uh, Ricardo Montalban. As if there was something really Big, interesting yep. going on over in that direction. Yep. That's the back album. I think that uh, you, awesome. you should, we should do some kind of contest and give this away. <laughs> yeah. Except that I don't, no. even want, I don't even want to take, I don't even want to take the effort it takes to pack this up and send it to anybody. Oh, pack, send it to pack it and send it to me and okay. then I'll pack it and send it. <laughs> No one would enter that contest. No, that's true. Saying. I'd be stuck with it. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I did find one interesting thing about this particular story and I had to write down. According to the Bionic Wiki, which is a thing, mm-hmm. this story contradicts the episode Population Zero because in that episode, Steve Austin was locked in a negative 20 degrees celsius freezer and his bionics were impaired so he couldn't have gone to the north pole and mm-hmm. functioned properly the way oscar goldman said he did so there's that maybe oscar was constantly rubbing on the <laughs> his bionics his and the metal parts of him until they i forget i was gonna say something well, it's, it's funny because I, I i've been looking what ever since searching for these toys on ebay i found a a uh accessory set for the Steve Austin dog called the critical assignment legs legs critical assignment legs they're legs that you can pop on that have different bionics like one has a different set of bionics and the other leg has a first aid kit and a can opener yeah and a flask and Mm. a little barrel of bourbon like a St. Bernard that would have been good it might not have that I might have made that part up I could have used a little bourbon while we were listening to this 
So that well, was the Six Million Dollar Man Christmas Adventures album. I think this should be a new tradition in your home. <laughs> yeah, I'll just listen to this episode. Thanks. <laughs> no, you gotta listen to the record. Ugh. That's a tough one. That's a tough. I had to. I've had this thing for two years. I had to do something with it. It was going to be part of a show that I was going to call my vinyl youth, and maybe I'll still do that. Where I found it, although this wasn't part of my vinyl youth i was gonna find these old records at like yard sale well i don't know i really find my yard sales at this point probably more conventions if not solely conventions and kind of revisit them but uh if they're all like this that might not be a good idea (laughs) well i'm glad i heard it uh i'm glad you were here to hear it with me i had fun listening to it with you at least there's that yeah but there you go listen to this on on my own yeah probably wouldn't have been as much fun Worth the five bucks. Worth it. Yeah, it was. It was. It. I'll. I'll give it that. So, uh, ironically though, it says there's there's a black twenty five cent written on it. So I, I I'm kind of dubious that this guy actually got it for five dollars. So now I'm. Oh, I feel a little ripped you, off. You got ripped off. Yeah. You got ripped off by the guy. Not the first the time, man. Not the last time. You could use that five dollars for a rub and tug at the <laughs> Korean karaoke. That guy owes you big time. <laughs> he does. I'm gonna find him. <laughs> you're gonna you know, you're gonna search high and low for that guy. Yes, him, every every comic book slash toy convention in the southeast, I will find him, and I'll make four him dollars. take the record back, and I'll give he him another you. five dollars to take it off me. <laughs> he owes you four dollars and seventy five. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yep, that was that. We listened to it. It's over now. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. So I'll wrap up here. Thank you to everyone that hung in there for those four stories. Thank you, Dave, for joining me. This would not have been near as much fun to do on my own. My pleasure. Anytime you get any other crappy 70s TV shows (laughs) that decided to do a half-assed version of a Christmas story, I'm there. There is a Kojak record album, but it's not a Christmas one. Oh... Who loves you, baby? I will find it now. I will find it now. I'll do that. That'll be our summer special. Nice. Kojak. So, all right. Uh, visit neozaz.com. Uh, Dave, actually, you said this best in one of the episodes of the Grady's. If there's, if you have an interest in pop culture, chances are we did some kind of episode on it. We may even have a series on it. So find out more of what we do at neozaz.com. Follow us on our social media pages. We're neozaz on Instagram and Twitter and neozaz podcast on Facebook. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and I think just about every major podcast subscription service right now. I've submitted to Stitcher into iHeartRadio. Uh, what's the there's a Spotify. I, I think just about everything that hosts podcast you can subscribe to, we are there. So easy enough to find with Neozaz. And that will do it. Have a happy holiday. Thank you again, Dave, for joining me. Merry Christmas, Matt. Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dave. <laughs> That's my Lee Major impression or Lee Major's impression. I'm just glad you said my name because I wouldn't have known who was talking. <laughs> I knew it was, is that me? And, oh, it's Matt. And let me say, see if I can do the up one. And Merry Christmas to all you listeners out there. Have a happy holiday. That sounds like you're George Lucas. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs>